Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. We welcome aboard the great man Brett Zorzi. Uh, you know, he's a unique person, Brett, in terms of being able to com- uh, comment with the authority on both competitions, having played over 100 games for Northern Bull Ants and with his Nord career ending up with the Nord 164 games with the, in, from 2005 for 2013, couple of flags, two best and fairest. Jack Odie medal when he made sure he flattened Trent Jermont. Well played to make sure he got up there. <laughs> uh, Brett, advertise the team of the year five in a state game. Um, welcome aboard, Brett. Oh, thanks, Rulebook. Thank, uh, it's great to be on. Thank you for joining us, mate. Um, let's let's go back to your junior junior career. We'll, go, we'll start off there. Where did uh, where did you play your juniors and which club and and lead us through to obviously uh, playing you know, coming Nord. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, played at a local club, Epping. I was uh, born and bred in Epping, uh, Epping's northern suburbs of uh, Melbourne. Uh, played all the way from under 10s to uh, under 17s. Uh, then went into the TAC Cup with Northern Knights. Uh, was lucky to win a flag in 1996 um, as a bottom age player. We had uh, Andrew Eccles, was a Crow Northern yeah, player. Yeah, yep. Um, Jimmy Plunkett, uh, Lance Whitnell, Nick Stevens, Port Adelaide, yeah, uh, all in the team. So we had a pretty strong team, and uh, we uh, we rolled New South Wales. We had Lenny Hayes, and he was only very young; he was only sixteen. But um, yeah, so we we're lucky to win that. And then the following year, we we came third and lost the prelim by I think two points, which was a bit devastating. Uh, played against Chris Massey, Trent Crowe in that game. So um, and then I suppose after. After the Knights, I uh, went to didn't get drafted, trained at a couple of clubs, Essendon and uh, sort of Collingwood. Um, then went to Preston, played seven years at Preston. Um, they, yeah, they're like, aligned with Carlton, is that right? Uh, when I was there, we'll, we were actually kicked out of the competition and then we we'll, um, got back in. Um, we will by ourselves, so we'll stand alone from... We'll stand alone all the way up to 2003, and then 2003 we aligned with Carlton. Um, I was there, so my first year was 98. So 
and about five years as standalone, and then the last two years was with Carlton, uh, 2003, 2004. Um, 2003 was a, we had a very good list, but um, just to the alignment just didn't work. You had players from Carlton coming down, our players not getting games. Um, so a lot of people left in the end of 2003 and sort of broke the club a little bit. Um, in 2004, hanged around, but um, yeah, just probably wasn't the same environment. Enjoyed my time, but just wasn't the time. And then it sort of became a bit more of a you know an under 21s, under 22 competition. Yeah. Um, by then, I was 24, 25, and lucky enough, right time, right place, got a call to come to Norwood, and um, yeah, it was the best thing I did. Well, let's go back a little bit to there, Brett, where you were unlucky enough to get injured your second year with the Till, you know, Victoria with Till Cup. That that certainly hurt your chances of being drafted. You know, you then played a few few top up games for various various clubs. A, a game for Carlton, where you played with Justin Madden's Guernsey. There, that would have fit, fit, uh, fitted you beautifully, Brett. <laughs> you have done your homework here, well, well done. Um... So yeah, I uh, I got knocked out in Tassie actually, and uh, we uh, I was in I was in the Till Cup squad, but I was even I never thought I was the certainty, but I was in the squad, played a pretty good practice game, and then uh, the next week I think we had three practice games before they selected the team, um, and uh, played one, played pretty well, then the next week got flattened in Tassie, broken my broke my eye socket. Couldn't fly back on the plane, so I had to catch the boat back a um, couple of days later. Uh, missed about in the next four to six weeks, I think. So they went uh, till, like they, they went to Victoria Chances. Um, came back, was lucky to play yeah, three games uh, with Melbourne uh, in the reserves. And, yeah, I played a game at Carlton uh, early on in the season. And, yes, the war, they were, had no jumpers and they pulled out 44. <laughs> and went down to below my knees, I reckon, because I was only I was only weighing about seventy five kilos back then. So uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah it was pretty interesting, but uh, it was good fun. And you had a game for Melbourne, uh, sitting on the pine, starting with the Melbourne, uh, and who did you end up having to sit next to? There? Yeah, well, you yes. mate, you were very good. Um, yes, yeah, so we I, I think it was my first game. No, it wasn't. My, might have been my first game for Melbourne. I. Uh, I only had two on the bench back then because uh, just with numbers and obviously they were short, so they called. They used to keep call up the under-18s players to fill in. So I'm there, didn't know anyone. I sat on the bench with this guy who's coming back from a broken sternum. sternum yeah. It was his first game back and uh, and uh, it was pretty Bassett and uh, it was quite interesting. I still remember to the day that it was like one minute into the game. I was sitting on the pine and he goes, mate, I've got to go to the toilet, tell the coach if he calls for me, I'm, I'm down. I'm in the room, so he he had to run along the bench up into the rooms, and I'm like, I'm 17, I'm like, <laughs> right, I'm the next man up here, and oh, he was going on for a couple of minutes, but you know, as you know, football, anything can happen. Um, but yeah, end up playing uh, one or two games with him, and uh, and as said, sort of fate uh, ends up he ended up coaching me. You played in the Victorian VFL side too, as a as a pacey wingman too, Zors. I was on the bench and then came on as a wing, yeah. So in 2000 and, uh, 2001, I was in the squad and was emergency. Um, so I came over, I was a 23rd player. We played Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Um, uh, we got rolled by a fair bit, I reckon. We I reckon got done by about 40 points. 
um, I can remember the Richardson brothers playing because there was two of them, um, yeah. and uh, they, yeah, they were just too strong. And then we actually played you guys again uh, at Adelaide Oval in two thousand and yeah, two. So, and I just I made this made the team for that. I was on start on the bench, came on oh, about fifteen minutes into the second quarter uh, onto the wing, and uh, actually played pretty well. I kept. Used to tell uh, the coaches, "Hey, I'm a wingman," but uh, <laughs> kept on getting stuck at fullback. And yes. uh, yeah, we actually uh, we had a pretty good team. We had like uh, a lot of people came over to um, SA. Then we had like uh, Pasador, Jeremy Clayton, Dipper Squally, yeah, uh, right. myself. Um, oh, there was probably a couple others as well who were in that team. Um, and yeah, we ended up winning by oh, eight nine goals in the end. Um, Pasador was good forward. He could seriously mm. play. I rated him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, uh, it was once again. He was probably in that same age. He was at, I think it was a little bit younger than me, but not too much. He was probably in that twenty-three bracket, twenty-two bracket, or maybe back then, and maybe twenty. But then, you know, you get to that stage where, you know, metropolitan footy is pretty strong in Victoria. So it's either you go back to metropolitan footy, or if you're lucky enough to get, um, you know, invited to SNFL. You, you snaffle that up pretty quickly. So just on that, we'll we'll, we'll uh, go into how you got to Norwood. Who approached you and how did that all come about? Yep, so I played with a guy called Andrew Hill um, at Bullance. We got him, he's from Tassie. We got him over, oh, I think about, he only played one year with us, I think 2000. Um, played well, got drafted to Collingwood after that year. Um, sort of didn't lose contact with him, but as you know, sort of, one year turned into two years. I hadn't heard from Hilly for a while, and then uh, we trained together. At, uh, we trained together at Carlton because um, when we aligned, we aligned in two thousand three with Carlton. So I did a pre-season with Carlton, um, and Hilly was invited as well. Um, so we sort of reconnected there, and then he went to Tassie and played for North Launceston with Macca. North, yeah, correct. North Launceston with Macca, and then Macca got him over. I might have, my, I might have my years wrong but anyway yeah. Mackett was the one that got Hilly over and then Hilly got told Walkie to uh, get me over and Walkie and Staz came and Walkie Staz Andrew Dick and John Neat came and watched yep. me play a game and uh, it was it was 10 degrees teaming down sideways I think the score was three goals to two I think um, so I don't know how much recruiting they did but um, they said we saw you play and uh you want to come over, so obviously you would have known about Gary McIntosh, but the opportunity to play with him would have been uh, too good an opportunity to pass up. Yeah, so um, for Norwood, like uh, I only knew really knew the name McIntosh and H, um, and I think most of that knowledge probably come from uh, the Legends games. They might have played a game and and all that, and they were talking about um, you know how good these players were mm-hmm. that they never came over and played. So I knew a little bit about them, but I didn't know too much, to be honest, about the history of the club. Um, uh, then, uh, I, but I knew Macca was, you know, with the beard. We all knew, everyone knew who Macca was. He had the yep. beard. He's a crazy guy. Um, I told my mates, I'm going to go and play for Norwood. Macca's the coach. They're like, you're going to be doing tackling drills every night. Um, you know, it's going to be pretty hard and all this stuff. And uh, I actually signed and Macca, unfortunately, uh, didn't get um, yeah. reinstated. Yes. So 
I actually signed and didn't really know who the coach was. But as I said, it didn't really bother me about that. I was just more happy for the opportunity because for myself, I was in a bit of a, not no man's land, but I, I could have stayed at Preston. Um, I was I was captain, but all my mates that saw the left, it was a bit of a strange feeling, I suppose. Um, I felt like a top-up player, to be honest. Um, well, a lot of my mates were playing bush footy, which was appealing, but I saw that I wasn't really ready for that. So, as I said, I was happy to go to SNFL. Um, and then I, was, I really wanted Macca to, to be coached because I thought that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that they re- didn't reinstate him. But, um, yeah, and everyone I speak to reckoned he was superb. It was just uh, the club was just in a really big, big hole at that time, um, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005. Probably wasn't the greatest period for Norwood off field, to be honest. Uh, no social club, mm. lockdown. You know what I mean? It was a pretty, pretty tough yeah. times. Yeah. I think Macca was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. I reckon if he coached earlier or later, he would have been the, the, the gun. Well, that's what a lot of the players tell me. And then easily the highlight of your first couple of years was the uh, the elimination final win where uh, Tex Tex lit Adelaide Oval up against. Uh, and Gags dominated against Port as well in the midfield, but that was a fantastic day. Yeah, so uh, going back a bit, I I was pretty successful. Like always played finals as a junior, and then uh, 1998 was my first year of um, senior footy, and we played finals at Preston. And then from 1998 to 2008, I never played finals. So I had, I had a 10-year stretch yeah. of not playing finals. So then, oh sorry, 2007. Then when 98. Uh, 2008 rolled over and we made the the final. Um, yeah, it was a pretty big occasion. Not not only the first final uh, for myself for a long time. Uh, it was you know Norwood Port Adelaide Oval. It was a big day and uh, yeah, we we're very lucky that we had Tex. Um, he definitely he turned it on, we, didn't he? We turned it on. We we very much relied on him um, back in those days. Um, I think he enjoyed his footy because we we gave him a fair bit of supply and. Uh, he always seemed to kick a bag for us. Um, yeah, he kicked seven that day, and um, that was actually pretty good. That was actually a good game to watch as well. Like the ball, the ball yeah, was zimming around, around both yeah. ways. Yep. Yeah, and there was it was you know we had a nice lead, but it was it was never comfortable. But um, uh, I think we might have won by 15, 20 points. I can't remember, but it was just sort of in control, but not in control type of thing from memory. And Tex was definitely the difference. And then after some, you know, days, dark days at fullback where it wasn't, where it was just, I don't care who it, who it have been, yeah, you know, that game against Centrals, you know, could have had David Dench and Roscoe Glenning at fullback and it wouldn't have mattered. Um, you finally, in 2009, when uh, Jared Cotton moved you into the into the midfield, mate. Yeah, well, as I said, I uh, sort, of, sort of was a... I was a midfield backman type thing um, player when I first came over. And then sort of just, to be honest, I wasn't playing great footy when I first came over in 2005 and went from half back to back pocket to sort of full back and sort of started consolidating the spot because I was thinking at one stage I might be even on the outer here. So, and then all of a sudden full back became sort of my spot. So, but always in my back of my head, it was like, oh, I can help out the midfield here. I can play on the wing. I can do rotations or whatever. But in saying that, football's changed a lot back then. You know, you weren't rotating off the bench that often. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
even I was chatting to Hilly and he was like, look, we want to have a pretty good spine. That's like he was all about having a good full back, centre-half back, you know, centre-men, centre-half forward, full forward, and you build around that. Um, so um, he saw the – during pre-season, not dangled the carrot a bit, but I was, always knew I was playing the back line. But then we, you know, we play against Sturt and he goes, look, you have to play against Chambers and then, you know, yeah. And then, then the next week I pass the one, and all of a sudden he's just playing full back constantly. So, um, uh, yeah, at Cotton, when Cotton came on, he, uh, yeah, he was, I was keen and he was keen to, yeah, try something different. Obviously, because uh, he was in a ta- caretaker role at that stage, wasn't he? Yeah, so he was assistant coach for the year and then took over. Um, we had a, I still look back, 2009, we had a very good list, um, and we were just. I don't know we just couldn't click, couldn't click. So um, I think Cots was decided to let's change it up a bit. So he threw me in the middle, and then I was like, "This is my one chance to get out of the fullback. So let's <laughs> let's make the most of it." So uh, went 100 miles an hour, I reckon. Pretty decent carrot. And, uh, and then and then when and then when Freddie came, I'm like, "All right, I'm either gonna get the flick because I was 30, I was 31 then, I think." Um, I'm like, I, I could get the flick here. I could be back at fullback. I, who knows what could happen? But he, he, he sort of said, look, it's your position to, uh, yeah, and see how you go. And, and then 2010 was probably one of my best, better years or probably my best year, to be honest. You, you know, we started a bit slow. And then yeah, once everyone sort of adapted to Bassett and learnt Bassett's structures, you know, he was ahead of everyone else and all that. And really, you know, the prelim final where uh, you kicked a vital goal against the Eagles, a, a, a real clutch goal from fairway out, and then the lovely side of Nick Diagon playing in a back pocket, sneaking down to kick the winner to kick us the winner, and then the grand final we had no luck with Simon Phillips uh, and Weathers hitting the goalpost. Uh, I did teach his daughters about how to swear about that bloody goalpost. Um, yeah, so we, we were pretty unlucky in 2010. That was from 55 as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was certainly Weather's longest ever kick in his life. Yeah. Um, it wasn't wind-assisted? Yeah, it was a tad. Yeah, we kept that quiet. <laughs> okay, no worries. So, uh, yeah, and then, you know, 11 was a little bit disappointing, but away we went in 2012. You know, it was a was a great was a great year. Uh, also, I got to admit, just really most relaxed I've ever been turning up for a for a grand final. Um, but actually, in which year? Two thousand twelve. Yeah, just That's crazy. What's that? Crazy if you're relaxed. Yeah. Oh, look, I just I just thought there was no way in the world we could play that game a hundred times, and while West Adelaide still kept trying to play defensively as well, we were yes. better than them defensively. I just, I, I, It was funny, out of that day, just purely by fluke, I'd been in a coaching clinic the day before and taken gear back to Trudy Barker's uh, place. And Michael Barker, who had played for uni, played at Nord as well, and so I knew Barks pretty well, and he was assistant coach at West Adelaide. And I and I said, Barks, if I was you guys, I'd start with a seven-man forward line. And he said, Rulebook, I couldn't agree with you more, but he'll be too, he'll be, he just won't, he'll be too stubborn. And we were just better than them defensively, and it was just, yeah, very relaxed. Um, and I just felt yeah. we were always in control right from the first second of that game. Yeah, well, yeah, going back like 2010, uh, yeah, we we took we 
it took a while to get going and then we won eight in a row. We lost to Sturt and then we won eight in a row and then we lost lost the Bays at the end and then yeah. sort of yo-yoed the finals. Um, uh, we had a good team. I just think we we probably we were a little bit unlucky in the grand final, but that's how grand finals go. We gave it a good shot um, and uh, we probably just didn't believe that we were probably good enough. To yeah, go. I um, agree with that. Probably just didn't have that self-confidence. Um, looking back now, um Whereas and in 2011, like that's probably the one that hurts the most. Even though we lost the grand final in 10, 2011 hurts because yeah. we actually pretty had a pretty good team. We just didn't. Once again, we copped a lot of injuries as well. Bryce Campbell did his knee in the final. I think we. Yeah. I think uh, I think from game to game we had like probably five changes each game. Um, we were dropping like flies, but um, still we 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 bet Woodville by ten goals. Lost to Centrals, lost to Woodville by ten goals, and then they won the Granny by one yeah. point, I think. So yeah. it was a real, real strange one. Um, but yeah, 2012. Um, uh, yeah, we were the best team, and we had a good. We weren't cocky, but we had a good confidence. We only lost two games for the year, and one of those games was North Adelaide, where Georgia got tripped uh, yes, 50 metres out right. from goal. Yeah. Um, and the other one were beaten Westies. Um, all the way, all game up until about oh, ten minutes in the fourth quarter, they just they just kept picking us back. But we got, I think we were like, yeah, you know, twenty points up a quarter time, ten points up at half time, five points up at three quarter time, and then they just sort of just got hold of us um, a little bit, and we lost by I don't know fifteen points. Um, but and no, I reckon, I reckon that was us, so we sort of had a good confidence going in, um, but. I wasn't as confident as you. I can tell you that. I just you just knew that the game would be, um, you know, the press was saying it's going to be a boring game. And I remember because I was captain that day. I was like, well, yes. Sydney, Sydney and West Coast uh, um, uh, were playing ripping finals at series then, and they were only scoring ten goals, ten goals a game. So I was like, it's going to be like that. It's going to be goals a premium, but um, it would. It's going to be. Yeah, you know, red red hot contest. So um, when Jerry Jericho kicked those goals, I just got a little bit more relaxed, and that was more of a relief, I suppose, that yes. we uh, you know finally did it. And so, didn't your voice was, hold up? That was what I was going to say. Go. The uh, the uh, West End uh, ceremony. Uh, I've got a YouTube video yes. here that uh, I've looked over yeah, today, yeah. and you're in fine form, mate. Still don't know how to delete off YouTube. I'll, I'm <laughs> But yeah, I was uh, yeah, it was a big year. Like yeah, uh, like we lost we lost Kieran McGuinness early on. Yes. Um, yeah, poured it. Uh, so then yeah, so then, like yeah, he was our captain and best player. So um, and in a funny way, it made us gel gel together and um, gel strong. And you know, I took over as captain pretty much early on. Anyway, um, so I think I think at all. It all came to the end around that brewery. I just, you know, didn't have no sleep. I was, I was yelling, I was yelling all through the game because, as I said, I was just wanted to get that premiership because a lot of hard work had been done in the last 15 years with you know, ups and downs in the club, and we were expected to win. And sometimes they're the hard ones to win because you are expected to win. So. Yeah, maybe overdid a little bit on Sunday, Monday <laughs> night, and yeah, paid the paid the consequences for on Tuesday. Or, we don't begrudge yeah, you that, mate, at all. I do think <laughs> back too to that the grand final night in twelve, sitting with Muff in the mayor's parlour, and just thinking, "Jesus, 
if ever a guy the steely eyes that he was obviously disappointed he was rat we won don't dare get you know no no don't anyone dare get the wrong points there but jeez he the steely eyes that 13 was going to be good luck look out for, look out for Kerry McGuinness with 13 and yeah and come 13 we go through the year really well and you know Fascinated with you, where it looked like you, you know, you'd hurt your knee, and it looked like, yeah, you know, down in the rooms that could be it. And tell us then what it was quite incredible, really, what happened with your knee that day, Brett. Yeah, well, yeah, going back with Muffa, like with yeah, with thirteen, um, I, I was I was going to retire in two thousand twelve. We won the flag. I was thirty three, um, and I was I was really you know fifty fifty thinking about pulling the pin, um, and I just hadn't. My second daughter was yep. just born in December, but um, in the back of my head, I'm like, we've got Kieran McGuinness coming back into the team. Um, we've just come off the flag. Uh, I think Darren Fyfer was coming back uh, yes. just to play with some mates. And I'm like, I think we're just going to be even the better team next year. And I, uh, yeah, as I said, we're starved for success. So I was sort of, I was a bit, I was sort of just wanted to play another year. So I'll, um, which I'm glad I did because, uh, as I said, we were a better team in 2013. Even though we lost, I think we lost, we lost three games that year. Um, yep. So in the two-year period, we only lost the five games, which is pretty, pretty incredible when you think about it. Um, and as I said, and then um, yeah, I was more confident in 13 than 12. Um, but yeah, going back to that game, uh, yeah, so. Oh, I think it was about round 17 against Westies. I did my PCL. I, I don't know how I did. I think I landed on the ground. And it, it's the one that the Ruckman do when they knock yeah. their knees together. Yep. Um, you know, six-week, four- to six-week injury type thing or six weeks. So I was in a brace to keep it straight. Didn't play the last, you know, five games or whatever it was. Um, then uh, we had the bye. We had the bye because we finished on top. So I remember saying to Freddie, how about I play – the last game, um, even if I just play a half, just to see how the leg pulls up, and then I've got a week to rest, and then we'll go from there. Um, and he got, I was not worried about my spot, but I just wanted a little bit of a match practice as well. Yep. And he's yep. like, "Well, why risk it? Why don't you just play? Why don't you just have the other, that week off, and you just be ready for the final?" I'm like, "Well, that's good confidence to know that I've got the spot in the in the final, so no worries." And then. Um, when it healed, it sort of never really healed properly. It always gave me a little bit of grief. Um, so I'm playing the game, and then just out of nowhere, just went pop about 10 minutes before halftime, and, like, excruciating pain, like, pretty sore pain, nothing. Excruciating didn't drop me, but I was like, man, that's that's yep. something serious there. It's just, it's just ripped it again. So I hobbled off down in the rooms and sat on the bench, and as you said, I was like, mm, this is it. This is done. Um another four to six weeks type thing. Um, and then the boys came in at halftime and I was just with the doctors and Donna and the trainers and that. And uh, it's funny, it just started feeling better. The pain sort of went away. I'm like, oh, it doesn't really hurt anymore. I had some Panadol. And uh, then we started saying, well, can I just give it a test run type thing? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen if I just get out there and go for a run? The doc- and the doctor said, oh, you know, you're not going to do too much more damage. It's just it's more how it's going to blow up the next day and whether you can actually run. So I started doing some sprints in the change rooms and to be honest, I actually felt better. Yeah. So I said, 
all right, let's give it a go. And then so I started the third quarter. And uh, to be honest, I played a much better second half than first half. So me felt fine. So then my only worry was after the game, I'm like, this is going to blow up yep. like blow like up crazy. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and uh, come Monday, it was no swelling, no nothing. So it was real weird, real weird. Some would and say the bit, adrenaline can kick in a little bit there, but it sounds like it, it kept going. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, and it never swelled up. And uh, um I, I didn't train that week just for precaution, but then train the next week and uh, she was right to go. So um, it was almost like I needed it to re-break to, to or re-snap or yeah. whatever it was to make it feel better and haven't had an issue with it since. So, yeah, it was a weird one. But, um, yeah, I, I was just worried a bit of match practice and a bit of form. But, um, you know, I was on the bike swimming quite a lot um, and I was on the pretty, pretty – um, it's amazing because I you always say I'm going to try to lose some weight for footy, but it's always hard to lose it. But when you know you're on top of the ladder and you've got a final coming up, it's amazing how um, dedicated you can be. Yeah. So, so moving then forward to the grand final, um, obviously uh, you were keen to to win another one. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> oh, everyone um, is, but you know yeah, sometimes yeah. you've won one. The, uh, the 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 goal is to go back to back, and and obviously you made a, a point of it and came out to play. That's yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll make yeah. a point there, where yeah. Brett, you really came out to play. The, the big one, North were getting back in the game. The third quarter was uh, slightly, uh, you know, nearly right in the middle of the ground, slightly the golf course end, and just a ball, a fight, a loose loose possession ball to compete. Brett competed against three roosters and forced the ball up. And it was a, just a vital stage of the game. And, geez, this guy's come out to play. And the desperation, you set the example, you, you know, came through, you made sure you, you flattened Trent Jumont, get him out of the way for the voting of the Jack, Jack 80 medal before half time. But in all seriousness, you, uh, you know, geez, you went out in style, mate. Yeah, well, as I said, I, my knee felt great, so I, I felt pretty good going into the game. Um, um, and the, when we're going back with the hunger, we 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 had like a not a pack, but we knew Muffa was. We wanted to win for Muffa. There was um, Matty Fuller was the other one who didn't play in 2012, yeah. um, and he was in. So that we had a lot of reasons and ammunition, like we need to win for these guys. Um, and the belief was amazing. Even like you, you think or you hope you can win, and then and that and when you think of the Central's teams, a lot of the times they weren't in winning positions, but then they just believed that they the belief, win, yep. and it just the belief took over almost. And it was a bit like us. We we just believed that I, I believed that we were a better team in thirteen, and I actually believed that we were going to win that game. Um, uh, so it was. And that's why I hope now that the, the Norwood, this year's Norwood team, it's like hopefully last year's Premiership has given them belief that actually we don't we don't hope that we play well. We actually know we're a good team. We've won it. Let's, let's you know draw on that and bring it bring it out again type thing. Um, but yeah, so the twelve, oh, sorry, back to thirteen. Um, yeah, we uh, we have we have a lot of people that we want to win flags for. North were coming pretty hard at us. In, they were actually all over us in the third quarter. They just they actually missed a few yeah, chances they themselves. Um, we, as you said, had a nice little buffer, but 
it was getting a bit tense, um, but we were coming home with the breeze. But um, yeah, it was a bit closer than what we would have liked. But um, we uh, kicked away in the last quarter, and in the end, won pretty easily in the end. But um, it wasn't that easy, I can tell you that. And the Jack Erdy medal was uh, cherry on top. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was probably lucky on that one. Uh, I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't think I um, thought I was just consistent. Even in 2012, I don't think I, I don't think I played outstandingly well. But I, in 2012, that there was a lot of players that played pretty good, and we won by quite a lot. Whereas in, in 2013, Oregon probably played a similar level. Just there were a couple of people who were down um, on that day. We didn't have as many good players, if that makes mm, sense. Like yeah. mm-hmm. Matty Suckling had his hamstring, he ripped his hamstring out. A couple, Matty Thomas was getting tagged. There was a couple of players that were a bit down on form. Um, and, you know, I, was, oh, I don't think I played exceptionally well. I just think I, you know, I played a normal good game and, uh, you know, it was probably enough. And, you know, Ben Warren, I thought, was very unlucky. He kicked four vital goals and... You know, some guys down back held us up. So, but yeah, if you if you talk about cherry on top, yeah, it was uh, it was a nice surprise, and I wasn't going to give it back. I can tell you that. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, just nice to have, I suppose. So who was driving standards at at that stage at the Nord Footy Club? Obviously, Bass was there. Uh, any players that stand out? That yeah, 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 of course. Drove um, a lot so, of standards. Yeah, so I always think like. 2010, Freddie coached us and like he coached us hard. And because he, he, the whole way we played was totally different, even the way we trained. I remember walking off the track thinking, I've only touched the ball 10 times and I was like knackered. And we had trained for about an hour and 10 minutes, but an uh, hour and a half. But it was all defensive strategies where you're going to be, setups and all that. So it was all, everything had sort of been changed and flipped around. So he really drove you know, the standards and everything. And then as the as the years went on, by 2012, 2013, he was he he was taking more of a backward step and it was the players that were actually driving the standards. Freddie was also involved, but there was more involvement with the players telling people what to do, where where they should be, why aren't you there? Yeah. You gotta do that type stuff. And like, you know, people like Maddie Suckling, you know, he's probably the first person that comes to mind. He he was uh you know, from day dot, as soon as he walked in, he was very instrumental um, with his voice and the way he, um, oh, just his persona, if, like his, yeah, I actually used to stop and reflect myself going, you know, I'm, I'm the experienced one here. I probably should be a little bit more like himself. Uh, why aren't I driving these standards like him? So, you know, it made me reflect it's just, on myself. He had a pretty authoritative personality and then Gags was obviously the other one as well, Gags with Muff. With the other couple yeah, there. Oh, as I said, we got we had like we had we had our older older heads like probably myself, Gags, Muff, um, Benny Warren. Um, you know, we were you know all that thirty old thirty thirty year, years old sort of ones, and then we had sort of like the next group, which was like you know, Jace Bode, uh, Suckers, uh, Giorgio, um, uh, Ben Jeffries, Tim Weber, all that group. So we sort of had. Um, you know, the older heads, but they sort of, I would say that Suckers and Bodie were very vocal. It was more gags myself. Muffer had to tell them, hey, cool the Jets a bit or, you know, maybe steer them in the right right way because they they probably sometimes, uh, I'm not saying overstook the line, but they they definitely, uh, you know, were boisterous in, in their ways. 
Now, Brett, just quick, quickly go through. You know, so you decided to give it away. I, I admit, I, I admit, trying to work you over that night, trying to get one more year to get fourteen out of you as well. But decided to go back to Melbourne, and you've played for a few different clubs. But we'll just give a little bit there, and then we'll go because I actually wanted to mention uh, Pete. Brett is very extremely well respected in the teaching game, and uh, let's just say there were a few to a uh, few schools who were desperate for his services. And uh, Martin Rumsby speaks absolutely glowingly of you in the in the, in that side of things too, mate. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, fourteen. As I said, I was lucky probably to play thirteen. Um, probably would have would have loved to have played fourteen, but um, you know, it was just timing. Had to go home. Uh, going back to Melbourne with the family. Um, uh, so when I came back, caught up with uh, Bryce Campbell, who was coaching up in Albury, Albury Way, Coral Rutherglen, who have just folded actually. But um, uh, And then I played about six games with him, um, which was good. And then played a year at Euroa, which was in the uh, Golden Valley, which is the Shepparton League, which is where Roker and Harry Boyd are from. Yep. So, and uh, Ethan Warburton's another one from that area. So, comes in played. comes in tomorrow night too. Ethan Warburton will we'll we'll just yeah, he will give you that give you that on the podcast, mate. Well, that's all right. Well, he's uh, he's my wife's uh, cousin. Yep. So uh, yeah, very very interesting to see how he goes. Been unlucky last year with his shoulder. He's yeah. actually uh, showing a bit of promise. So hopefully, he gets a good run at it this year. Um, yeah, so played up in the Shepparton League, but just travel was probably a bit hard with the two young kids and then played in just Montmorency in the local league. Um, and then I got to about, you know, 38 and I was still playing. I'm like, yeah, it's probably time to give it away, I think. Um, you just, yeah, the sort of penny drops, like, what am I doing out here? Getting frustrated. You know, you can't commit as much as what you want to. And, uh, you know, I used to really enjoy training and, and that side of things and, I love my time at in I love my time at uh, local footy, but uh, it was definitely different. So I was just like, yeah, probably time to go. Give the youngsters a bit of a go. So the big question that all our listeners are probably waiting to hear: um, VFL vs NFL. Which which comp would you recommend as the better? <laughs> yeah, well, like I the the VFL uh, I always thought was a like an under 21s comp um it is a good competition but there's no support there's no crowds there's no atmosphere um you know my club the bull ants we don't have a gym um there's just a change room that's it like local clubs would have better facilities than than us um which is a shame because it's uh you know it services quite a a, you know a large region of kids coming through but um it's just not quite there and it's just dropped it's just it's not in the v, the vfa back in the 80s was quite big uh, but it's just dropped away um so the the SNFL, yeah clearly the best like if if i got two sons i'll be uh definitely uh telling them to play SNFL. you know the the crowds the facilities um the history um uh yeah it's it's, it's fantastic um Ethan, I remember chatting to Ethan Warburton and he was thinking about going to Werribee or Norwood. Well, not thinking. He had, he had the training invite yep. at both clubs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, Werribee's a good club, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you can't go wrong at the 
at, the, at Red Legs, uh, you know, or any SANFL club, really, to be honest. They're all, when you think about them, they've all got great rooms, great facilities, and, uh, you know, it's good, good learning environment to play footy, to be honest. Um, and that was when I actually met you. You introduced me to Ethan that night, actually. It was you when you were back. Robert, yes, yeah, blah blah blah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, no, definitely SNFL. I just my only, my only hope is that people keep supporting SNFL. Yeah. I just hope the Scary. the the, organized, the the governing body understand the importance, uh, even the government, because you know I've seen that I've seen the VFL. It's 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 a shadow of itself, and you just don't want SNFL to go down that way. Um, you know, you, you can see it creep going like that. You know, there's less yeah. exposure in the paper and there's this and that. Um, you know, even being called local footy, I think that's a bit of a disgrace. It's it's our footy. I mean, it's there's 125 years or something of yeah. SANFL footy. It's not local. It's it's uh, genuine footy. It's tribal. Yeah, it's tribal. It's nearly 150 it's like, years, oh, actually, Brett. 150, yeah. yeah. I mean, and to call nearly. it local, it, to be honest, is a, is a you know, disservice yeah. to it. And... Uh, as I said, we've got to probably do more to get um, uh, it back in the limelight. Um, not not just you guys, but the whole state. You know what I mean? Um, because once it's yeah, it's a it's a great product, um, and you want to make sure that it continues. And I'll say, Brett's always been fantastic with supporters. You know, Vesta, mm-hmm. um, just always a great bloke. You know, um, Mark Robinson, you know, as the team manager, you always. Make time for everyone and hold in huge respect. You know, as I've said earlier, that Kieran, Kieran McGuinness, Ross Dillon and Brett Zorzi are my three most influential recruits from interstate in my 40-plus years of barracking for Norwood. Mm-hmm. So I really can't speak any more highly of Brett as a person. Great footballer, better bloke is my yep. thoughts well and truly. Absolutely. So, oh, thank, thank you very much, Rulebook. Yeah, but... Um, as I said, you got, uh, you know, I, I we've got a reunion coming up in ten years um, in uh, Anzac Day. So ah, uh, Robo and I were actually talking about that earlier tonight, wondering when it was. Yeah, yep, yep. So it's Anzac Day. We've got a, a, a about fifteen to twenty of us coming over. Um, but as I said, like if we if you don't want to lose this competition, or else the next ten year reunion might not be, you know, might not be there. Yeah, you know what I mean? or it might yep. have to might be somewhere else. And yeah. All of a sudden, you know, they, you know, the competition's faded away or it's dwindled to a shadow of itself. So, um, but yeah, we're 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 looking forward to it. We're uh, we're actually going. We're meeting up. Hopefully, meeting up with uh, Joe Chaprody, uh the president, um, yeah. who's uh, you know struggling a little bit. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, he was in my time at Norwood. The, you know, the two most influential people were probably Nathan Bassett and Joe Chaprody, the coach yep. and the president. Um, yep. Yeah, there was a massive change when those two both came to the club and they definitely steered us in the right – well, turned us around. They didn't steer us in the right direction. They actually t- picked us up and, uh, you know, put us back on the podium, to be honest. Absolutely. All right, we'll get you out of here on this one, mate. What are you up to these days? Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, teaching, teaching PE at the moment in the uh, northern suburbs of uh, Melbourne. Um, uh, teaching, got four kids. Two, two, two young boys, uh, two old girls, two young boys. Um, well, 12, 10, almost two, and just four months. So, you know, 
don't have much uh, <laughs> no spare, spare time, time at the moment. Um, l- lucky to get over for the reunion. <laughs> but um, uh, no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, just pretty much teaching and uh, parenting at the moment. And you said the young fellas are playing a bit of footy? Big fun. You said the young fellas are playing a little bit of footy? Oh, oh no, yet. no, they're a bit young yet, but I said when, when they're older. When they're yeah, older, yep. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, steering them. If they've got a bit of talent, I was trying to say, I'll definitely be steering them to SNFL rather than VFL. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. They're kicking One of them's kicking the ball already, so. That's all right. Well, got to yeah, start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Greatly appreciated, Zorza, and look forward to catching up on Anzac Day, mate. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the... Thanks for the chat, and uh, hope, hopefully the the boys get a win this week. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, who are they playing? Do you know who they're playing? Sturt, this week? Sturt. Sturt at Nord Oval. Yeah, I'll be at the parade Nord, tomorrow yeah, night. Yep. Be, oh, tomorrow. Yeah, he's good Thursday. So yes. hopefully, a good crowd. Yep, definitely. Thanks. Thanks for, thank you for joining us, mate, and um, much appreciated for your time. Thanks, Orza. No, no worries. Thank you very much. See you soon. Welcome back. Uh, we're. Talking with Brett Zorzi there uh, from the Nord Footy Club and obviously his thoughts on the SNFL versus, uh, versus the VFL as well. And two premierships at Nord is pretty handy. 2012-2013, uh, uh, almost did it on one leg at one stage. Yeah, it was incredible that, he's, that he hurt his knee and by doing it, it actually turned out to help. So it was quite bizarre. He thought it was the end of his career and then I'll give it a, give it a jog and away he went and it was better. So yeah. Really bizarre, but yeah, no, a great bloke, Brett, a person I have enormous respect for. Absolutely. Well, we thank him for his time tonight. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe.